If you need to send money overseas, that can be kind of a headache. Most people pay too much because there are often hidden extra fees in the exchange rate, whether at your bank or elsewhere. But with TransferWise, you always get the real rate when you send to over 70 countries. You pay one super low fee and keep more of your money. TransferWise is the smartest way to send and receive money internationally. Join over 6 million customers and try it for free at transferwise.com reset. Deepfakes currently pose a significant and unprecedented threat. Deepfakes. 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 Deepfakes are videos made with artificial intelligence that look so real they are almost impossible to spot. We're entering an era in which our enemies can make it look like anyone is saying anything at any point in time. Yeah, yeah seeing yeah. is no longer believing. Nope. Now more than ever, we need to prepare for the possibility that foreign adversaries will use deepfakes to spread disinformation and interfere in our election. Last week, Facebook announced that it's banning deepfakes from its platform. Deepfakes is a term that usually describes algorithmically generated media. But the kinds of deepfakes that Facebook is concerned about are videos, which are generally made by feeding a bunch of images of a specific face into an algorithm. That process trains the algorithm so it can place that face on a given target in a video usually someone else's face. This technique is the reason these videos are so realistic, and that's why people are worried. Deepfakes can make anyone seem like they've said or done things they would never say or do. And now, Facebook has banned deepfakes, or at least some of them, I think. We're going to talk about it. I'm Ariel Dimros. This is Reset. McKenna Kelly, tech policy reporter at The Verge. What exactly is this new Facebook policy and what kind of deep fake does it ban? So first, it has to be created with an artificial intelligence algorithm or a machine learning algorithm. And if it meets that, then Facebook needs to decide whether or not the average person would be deceived by that video. All right. And then what? Well, if it meets those two criteria, it should be taken down. But... Facebook, as Facebook does, leaves itself a ton of loopholes for leaving things up. So, if it's satire or parody, it can stay up. Or, Facebook has had this newsworthiness policy since, like, 2016. So, if Facebook determines that the video is newsworthy, it can stay up then, too. If it's in the headlines, well, Facebook wants to leave it up so people can refer back to it and make their own decisions, whether something's true or valuable or something like that. Just to be clear, that, that that kind of seems like this policy doesn't ban much. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of room here for Facebook to do whatever it wants. Because now it has to determine what is satire, what is parody, what is a good enough deepfake that people will get fooled, and what is newsworthy. Right. So, to make this really concrete, there were two really controversial videos that featured politicians that were shared widely on the internet. And those videos were really misleading. Do you remember these videos? 
I remember them very well. They kicked off a firestorm in Congress, mainly the Pelosi video. Some distorted videos of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on social media. In one clip, it's doctored footage that slows her down to make her sound like she's slurring her words a little bit. Now, it was posted on Facebook by a far right-wing group. Again, this is not accurate. This is fake. And then he had a press conference in the Rose Garden with all this... um Sure, that clip received more than two and a half million views on Facebook. We have uh, heard from her spokesperson, uh, essentially spokesperson reminding everyone that Nancy Pelosi actually does not drink. If that was if they were inferring that something was going on. there. The president's lawyer last night, Rudy Giuliani, actually tweeted out a link to this video asking what is wrong with Speaker Pelosi, that she seems to be uh, slurring her words. He quickly then deleted that tweet. So. This video appeared online across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, depicting Nancy Pelosi as if she was inebriated. So if you like look at it, you're like, wow, Nancy needs to stop drinking. But all that happened was that somebody took a clip of her saying something, slowed it down using, I don't know, iMovie, you know, Premiere Pro. Something super basic. Something accessible and slowed it down to make her appear drunk. And it went viral. On Facebook, it got millions and millions of views. There's the video of Joe Biden from a couple weeks ago, right? And he's talking about the Violence Against Women's Act at this rally. A deceptively edited video clip of former Vice President Joe Biden just went viral. Our culture is not imported from some African nation or some Asian nation. It's our English jurisprudential culture. The clip omitted important context. And somebody took what he said out of context and put it on Twitter and it went viral and it made him seem like he was making white nationalist and racist remarks. So what you're seeing here is just people chopping up videos, doing very simple editing techniques to make them appear, Nancy to appear drunk, Joe Biden to appear racist and people buy it and it goes viral. And does Facebook's new policy about deepfakes, does that policy apply to those videos? No. So Monica Bickert, the executive Facebook who handles this, told Congress last week, no, the Nancy Pelosi video would not have been taken down. And since the Joe Biden video was just cut using simple software, it's not going to be taken down either. It wasn't created using artificial intelligence or machine learning. So this isn't a blanket ban on misleading videos of politicians. No, this policy is a policy looking for a problem that we just don't have yet. All right. So are political deepfakes actually a problem? Right. So, I mean, right now, not really. I mean, it's scary and politicians are afraid and the technology is getting more and more accessible. You can find it readily available online and you can post these things anywhere. And politicians are in front of cameras all day, so you can take photos of their faces and clip them and superimpose them. But we haven't seen things like that. I mean, we have the tech, but it just hasn't happened yet. If this policy doesn't apply to videos like the Nancy Pelosi slurring video, should we be worried that these videos are still available on Facebook and and that that this could absolutely happen again? I mean, we're in election year right now. As things heat up with this easily accessible technology, I, I would definitely see more of these happening. But the problem is, if Facebook is going to create all these loopholes, it just creates a bigger problem overall. With that in mind, how have people been reacting to the new policy? Just like how you would expect. Nobody's very happy with it. Um, so... 
Everybody thinks Facebook is giving itself too much room to do whatever it wants. Plus, I mean, the two videos that we've even talked about here wouldn't even be affected. So it seems like Facebook is looking for some good headlines ahead of the election. The thing is, I have only seen Facebook make major policy changes when there is an actual imminent threat of regulation. Mm. So we already have laws on the books in California and in other states banning deepfakes. And after the Pelosi video, you had hearings in Congress. Adam Schiff, the guy who's like leading the intelligence investigation against Donald Trump, is very concerned. Thinking ahead to 2020 and beyond, one does not need any great imagination to envision even more nightmarish scenarios that would leave the government, the media, and the public struggling to discern what is real and what is fake. And so I think ahead of 2020, they were like, we need to do something, even if it's like the lowest possible thing they could have done. Why is Facebook drawing a line in the sand about such a specific type of deepfake video and nothing else? I think Facebook's policy focusing so much on the technicalities of it, including in the policy AI, including in the policy machine learning, I think they're trying to distance themselves away from speech as far as they can. So if you're banning software and techniques, you're not regulating speech. Okay, so they are going deep on the tech angle Mm -hmm. in order to not seem like they are infringing on free speech. Right. And I mean, Mark Zuckerberg just spent how many months, you know, going to Georgetown, doing all these talks, discussing how speech is the last thing we want to regulate. Well, you can do a little bit of moderation if you focus on the technicalities and the software and the method of creating these things. The fear of what deepfakes might mean for politics has been mounting for some time now. Meanwhile, victims of deepfake videos are being hurt right now, all over the world, in a far more widespread and powerful way than you might expect. And that has nothing to do with the upcoming U.S. elections. Coming up after the break, the origin story of deepfakes. This is Reset. Starting your own small business is no small feat. It takes a lot of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you're super busy. So why not make things a little easier with FreshBooks? FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds, and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker, and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them, without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free for 30 days. There's no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash reset and enter Vox Reset in the how did you hear about us section to get started. That's freshbooks.com slash reset. So I watch a lot of porn at work or my job. And in late 2017, I was looking at a subreddit, which is a forum on Reddit where people were trading their creations, which were face swapping women's faces onto celebrities' bodies in Photoshop. And 
Someone in that forum was creating something completely different from everyone else. The person who was creating these things on Reddit, his username was Deepfakes. Deepfakes comes from that guy's username on Reddit. And now it's just it's a household term for face-swapped video. And that's what Facebook just banned in their policy that they put out last week around deepfakes. What he was creating was videos that looked very realistically like celebrities having sex. Um, they looked like sex tapes, but they weren't sex tapes. They were algorithmically generated, face-swapped creations. And he was posting these very casually and showing them off to his internet buddies. So I sent him a message and I said, hey, how did you do this? What are you up to? <laughs> and he told me that he was uh, just kind of experimenting with something new he had created, trying to learn more about machine learning. And he had taken these data sets of women's faces, who were mostly celebrities that he found online, and then combined those with porn videos and put those women's faces onto porn and made it look pretty realistic. You know, you're scrolling through, you think that you've just seen Scarlett Johansson having sex with a man completely naked. So we don't know a lot about deepfakes, the guy, but what we do know is that he told me he's not a professional researcher. He's just a programmer with an interest in machine learning. His words were he just found a clever way to do face swap, which is either naive or modest of him. That's the most we know about him, honestly, is uh, that he created this thing that people kind of took off with. People in that subreddit that we first found him in then created another subreddit called R Deepfakes and was like devoted to his stuff and his his doing his work because it was all open source, um, which means they could kind of take the code that he was using and tinker with it themselves on their own computers. So from there, it had this ripple effect in the last few years where people were improving on the technology and making it better and making it faster and more realistic. So we talked a little bit back and forth in messages, and when I asked him, are you worried at all about this being used in a way that's harmful to people? And he said he thinks that every technology can be used with bad motivations, and it's impossible to stop that. And he didn't think it was a bad thing for more average people to engage in machine learning research. Eventually, he kind of went dark. We started publishing things about what he was doing and how these were very complicated questions that no one in these forums were considering about things like consent um, and the use of someone's likeness online. And he stopped talking to me. But I was the first person to speak to the man who brought deepfakes into the world. And that topic has turned into kind of an international phenomenon. People all over the world are talking about how this might dismantle our concepts of things like truth and reality and politics but I'm not sure those conversations are happening in the way they should. And even in the two years since it started, they've drifted farther away from the real issues, which are using women's bodies to experiments and creating these new technologies without considering anyone's permission or consent or how it might affect someone. Samantha Cole, senior staff writer for Motherboard. You've been reporting on deepfakes for a long time, and you've watched a lot of these videos. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because the conversation right now around deepfakes and Facebook specifically 
has centered around politics. And I'm wondering, by and large, what kind of video tends to be a deepfake? Is it a, a politics video? What are these videos used for and who tends to be the victim? 96% of deepfakes on the internet are used against women in porn. The truth is we haven't seen any serious threat of a political deepfake tricking anyone. And that's where the focus of this conversation has been. Were the people in these videos actually aware of what was going on? Did they give consent for this? No, not at all. I contacted quite a few of the people that we found in the beginning that were uh, targeted with deepfakes and being posted publicly. And um, the ones that did reply didn't know that that was happening. I talked to a lot of porn performers who said that they never thought that this use of their work was happening and they're used to having their work stolen all the time. Right, because it's not just about the person whose face is being put on this porn performer's body. It's also about the porn performer not getting credit for the work that they did. Right, and it's also just kind of gross to put somebody else's face onto your body while you're having sex in a video. Like, that's also not good, not right. Fair, <laughs> fair. So, yeah, there are definitely there are two sides of this, um, and people kind of forget the porn performer side because we're used to having sex workers' stories erased in that way. And something that's recurring that the victims of deepfakes, malicious deepfakes anyway, say is um, seeing themselves in these videos and especially in these fake porn videos is traumatizing. Um, it's as if it had happened in a way. Um, you know, you see that happening and you see other people watching it and thinking that it happened and spreading it and, you know, texting you and sending you Facebook messages and saying, oh my God, look at your sex tape. That's incredibly traumatizing. So I think that should be what we should be talking about in general around deepfakes is toward when someone's images are stolen and how we can prevent that kind of just rampant harassment of someone with this very specific technology. With all of that background in mind now, what do you think of Facebook's new policy? Um, they're solving a problem that doesn't exist on their platform yet. Because they don't allow porn. Because they don't allow porn and also because we haven't seen anyone using deepfakes politically, at least in the States. They've been used, you know, abroad in a few cases, but not in the States. Facebook has said that in addition to the policy, it has partnered with writers to teach journalists how to detect deepfakes. I had a really strong response to this, and I would love to know what you think of it. I haven't talked to a ton of journalists who are saying that this is a huge problem for them being able to detect deepfakes. I'm not sure how needed it is, but it might be needed in the future, and it's good to kind of get ahead of that, in my opinion. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> my thoughts on this are that too often Facebook turns to journalists to fact check what is put on their platform and that too often journalists only detect things after it's gone viral. That's why they're covering a thing. There has to be a reason to cover it. They have to cover it because it is already out there and has spread significantly. That's an amazing point. My brain is expanding right now. And therefore, <laughs> Facebook is passing the buck again. That's how I reacted to that. Because, like, seriously, you want journalists to do this because you can't do it? I totally agree with that. And these platforms do rely on journalists to be mods. I mean, I when I see something fucked up on Twitter or on Facebook and I you know hit them up about it and say, what is this? That's when they act. We're not mods. Attention, tech companies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think sets deepfakes apart from other forms of disinformation on the internet? I think there's something about video. People kind of look to that as like the gold standard of evidence. 
you see it on video, you see someone doing it in a video and you say that there it is, there's the proof. Um, so I think that's the difference in deepfakes is, you know, we can see someone saying something or doing something that they never did. And it becomes harder to debunk that because you then you're just leaning on their words. Right. There's the video, plain as day. That's another thing that we've kind of strayed away from is what is the standard of what is believable online anymore? What is truth in the era of deepfakes? Exactly. So where do you think deepfake technology is actually headed? Is it here to stay? I think we'll probably look back on deepfakes in the future. And by the future, I mean like five, ten years. And be dealing with a whole new batch of crazy fucked up shit. Like, (laughs) the way this moved so fast, I have no doubt that it's going to surprise us again with a new leap in technology. So it's hard to kind of predict where it's going. I would like to see it go in a way that could be really good. Um, You know, deepfakes could be used to create all kinds of cool things. I mean, they're already being used. They're being used in Hollywood. They, you know, brought Carrie Fisher back in some right crazy, even though it was super weird. For Star Wars. Uh, for Star Wars. <laughs> um, you know, that's stuff like that. Like, it could be, it could be kind of neat to see where that goes. And it could also be kind of cool to see how we start thinking about, like, embodiment and the way that we express ourselves online through our likenesses and how we present ourselves online in a visual way. So I don't think Deepfakes necessarily has to go in a direction that's, like, doom and gloom and apocalyptic. I think we could change the narrative of it. Um, But we have to stop talking about politics and whether or not we'll be fooled by these videos on Facebook before the election. I think we should focus on the actual things that are happening, which is, you know, harm, harm to women, harm to sex workers, harm to people that are targeted by these. And even go back to, like, the societal problems that brought up the forum where deepfakes started, just lack of respect for women's bodies, for anyone's bodies online. Samantha Cole is a senior staff writer for Vice's Motherboard. Sam, thank you. Thank you. We reached out to Facebook for comment. In a statement, Monica Bickert, Facebook's vice president of global policy management, said that if a video that's fact-checked as false or partly false doesn't meet Facebook's definition for a bannable deepfake, it will receive strong warning labels and notifications for people who try to share it or already have. As for the partnership with Reuters, a Facebook spokesperson named Andrea Valone said, quote, Our efforts to support the journalism community are not mutually exclusive to our policy development work or our collaboration with the broader industry to detect deepfakes. I'm Ariel Zimros. This is Reset. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It seriously really helps us, and I read the reviews. We'll be back on Sunday. Later, nerds.